So Richard can take up the office Lock tonight. Talk radio. Uh, 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 Once we Sacred throng we at his feet may fall. 
will join the everlasting song and crown him Lord of all. We'll join the everlasting song and crown him Lord of all. Amen. Well, it's good to be back in church. Good to see all of you. Need to be praying for all those that are out, amen? Not quite a number out tonight, but summertime is not surprising, amen? Um, any prayer requests tonight? Good to see Robert back in church. Joanne, too. Yeah, I have some meat on my meat. Yes. I tend to wipe stuff with water. My bread has left over. Mm-hmm. Praise God, that's wonderful. Yeah. Thou my ransom be, 
and quicken from the dead. I gave, I gave my life for thee. What hast thou given for me? I gave, I gave my life for thee. What hast thou given for me? My Father's house of life, my glory circle throne. I left for earthly night, for wandering sad and lone. I left, I left it all for thee, as thou left all for me. I left, I left it all for thee, as thou left all for me. I suffered much for thee. More than my tongue can tell Of bitterest agony To rescue thee from hell I've borne, I've borne it all for thee What hast thou borne for me? I've borne, I've borne it all for thee What hast thou borne for me? And I have brought to thee, down from my home above, salvation full and free, my pardon and my love. I bring, I bring rich gifts to thee, what hast thou brought to me? I bring, I bring rich gifts to thee, what hast thou brought to me? 104. 104. There you go. It quit choking you. 104. My faith looks up to thee. That's all right, sister. Nor let me ever stray from thee. 
Praise God. Don't like the fire, you would well. <laughs> Amen. That's what I used to hear, but don't latch your fire, your woods with. Praise God. It is well with my soul. Why? Because I'm saved. And the devil can't touch it. The devil can't touch it. All right. Take take your Bible tonight and join me in Proverbs chapter 3. And we're going to be in verse 27 to the end of the chapter tonight. Proverbs 3, 27. 35, and we're going to read the whole shooting match before we get started, because it's all continuous. Proverbs chapter 3, and I don't mean from chapter chapter 1, I just mean the first chapter, so. But we're going to read all 35 verses, and that's probably more Bible verses than some of us have read all week, so it'd probably do us some good. <laughs> okay. Well, it won't hurt nobody to do it again. All right. Well, let's look at it tonight. Let's begin there. And he says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel, and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as the father the son in whom he delighteth. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all that thou canst desire, all the things thou canst desire, not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up, and the clouds drop down the dew. My son, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul, and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Now tonight's text. Withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. 
Say not unto thy neighbor, Go and come again, and tomorrow I will give thee when thou hast it by thee. Devise not evil against thy neighbor, seeing he dwelleth securely by thee. Strive not with a man without cause, if he have done thee no harm. Envy thou not the oppressor, and choose none of his ways. For the froward is abomination to the Lord, but his secret is with the righteous. And the curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation of the just. Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace unto the lowly. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the promotion of fools. And may the Lord add his blessing tonight to the reading of his word. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, I come before your throne tonight. Lord, I, I, I come like I've come so many times before. Lord, telling you again that I need you so much. But, Lord, I, I couldn't do this without you, and I know it. And Father, I, so I humbly ask for your power. I humbly ask for your touch, the Holy Spirit of God, to, to, to speak through me tonight. Lord, in spite of me, I pray you'd cleanse me and forgive me, Lord, of any sin that might be harboring itself inside of me. Lord, for anything I've not asked you to forgive me of already, Lord, I ask you to clean me tonight so that you might fill me and pour out your power upon me, Lord, that you might express through me the message you want to come to your people tonight. Lord, use me. Father, pour out of me what you want to say. Speak to your people tonight. I'll be your hand, your mouthpiece, Lord, uh, an instrument in your hand. Lord, just take me and use me for your glory, that the word might be magnified, that Jesus might be glorified and lifted up. And, Lord, that our lives might be richer for, Lord, having known the truth. Lord, I pray you'd speak through me now. Use me for your glory, and I'll give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. All right, well, we're going to talk tonight, these, these last verses of Proverbs chapter 3. I want to just kind of look back here and just kind of look at the, just briefly. Yeah, we talked about about wisdom being your motivation, but tonight we're going we're going to talk about the exercise of wisdom. Again, it's it's not learning it, but it's taking it and putting it into practice. And, and these are simple things. These are these are these are things that we know, but God God gives us some some. Uh, he gives us some directions. If we're going to use the wisdom that he gives us, here's how we're going to do it. All right? So number one, I want to look there in verse 27. It says, Withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. <clears throat> that verse in verse 28, you can put those two together and put them like this. Uh, say simply this. God's telling us that we ought to do what is right by others. Amen. We we don't live. No man is an island unto himself. We everything we do impacts other people, and we need to make sure that in our in all our doings and in our interactions and in our commerce and our and our buying of merchandise and putting things on credit and all the things that we do, we need to make sure that we do what's right and uphold our testimony as a believer, and that we treat others the way that God wants us to treat us. Amen. You know, he, again, he says, he says we're not to withhold good from them to whom it is due. We're, we must treat others fairly and with kindness. We need to remember that. 
And and I you know I get to think about it, well why why would we do anything other than that why would we why would we withhold good from somebody that that was due I mean that's somebody we owe that's somebody we should or somebody that deserve is deserving uh, why would we withhold something good from somebody when we have the ability to help them or to bless them or to or to pay them well there's really only two reasons that I can see why we would do that. And, and the number one would be the love of money. Love of money. It would be the fact that we didn't want to take care of it because we want to keep that money in our pocket rather than put it, and it ain't even ours at that point. You realize if we owe somebody else, that's not our money. We're holding somebody else's money that we owe them. And But to, God, is, God is saying good, so it might not necessarily be money. It might be a service. It might be something that we owe somebody it might be uh, taking care of something for somebody, or it might be uh, feeding somebody. It might be uh, bringing some clothes by for somebody that was needy. It could be all kinds of things. But the Bible says, withhold not. And the only, like I said, the reason we might might be the love of money. But, you know, the Bible tells us in First Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all evil. So, and, 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 if, and if it's money that we, we love more than we love our fellow man, God calls that evil. And the Bible said, which while some coveted after, in other words, they went chasing after money, they erred from the faith. That means they couldn't keep walking with God and, and chasing after a dollar. You can't walk those two paths at the same time. The Bible said, and they pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Why? Because when you, when you take off from the path walking with God to chase after a dollar bill, it's going to be miserable because not, God's not going with you. First of all, God's not going to run after, with, after you chasing you chasing money. Amen? God, That's not the way God operates. God says that's the root of all evil. In other words, he knows that once you leave his side to go chasing after money, and, and, and I'm not talking about trying to earn a living. I'm talking about you're trying to just get, 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 so you can have, 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 and your heart is not toward others who are in need. Listen. The Bible says that that's how people get in trouble, is they go to chasing after that dollar bill, and they love that money. They love it, and they'll sacrifice other things for that money. I think about how many people in this world have, have, have sacrificed their family trying to make money because they wanted to be rich, and they've sacrificed. They have no relationship with their kids. They don't have a relationship with their spouse because they've chased after a dollar bill, uh, you know, or, or – or the man who spends everything at payday because he can't he got to go to the racehorses or he got to he got to go spend it on a on one arm bandit or he got to go play dice or whatever he got to do. These people these people that are there are the are the man who loves the money why because he loves the drugs he gonna spend it on. Uh, it don't make no difference. If somebody if, if if we're withholding good from somebody it can't it, it ain't good for a good reason. It's because we want the money for something of our why because of number two because it's love of self. Love of self. Matthew twelve thirty and 31, Jesus said, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. All thy heart. Not part of it, but with all of it. And he said, And with all thy soul. And that's all of it. That's not part. That's not spending part of your time acting like a Christian and part of your time acting like the devil. That's giving God all of you. And with all your mind, that means not spending part of your time thinking of devilish things and the rest of the time trying to think on godly things, but giving him all of it. He said you're supposed to give him everything and all your strength. Amen? That means you ought not hold anything back from God that he asks of you. He said this is the first commandment. 
And he said in the second, I like this, he said it, it like namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And, and in another gospel, he said the second commandment is like unto it, which means it doesn't mean it's similar. It means it's identical, like a Siamese twin. He said the second is like unto it, just like it. He said if you want to love your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your, and your strength, he said then you have to love your neighbor as yourself. You have to love others as yourself. Amen? So if, if, if you realize that you don't like to be cold and your neighbor's cold, then you take your neighbor something so it wouldn't be cold no more. If you realize you don't like to go around hungry with your belly gnawing at you and hunger, and you see your neighbor's hungry, you take them something to eat. If, if you see your neighbor, uh, if, you, if you know you're saved and on your way to heaven and everything's good with you, and you see your neighbor living like the devil on their way to hell, you go and witness to them. Listen, God wants us to love our neighbor as ourselves. But a lot of people say they, they, they'll withhold things from others. Why? Because they're selfish. They love money and they love themselves so, more, so much they can't do anything for anybody else. And when he says withhold it not, that implies that we have been expected to give help or, or, or to give what we have and have withdrawn our hand from helping. We could have. We knew we could have. We thought about it, but then we said, oh, no, I don't need to do that. It, it implies that our heart has grown cold. First John three seventeen says, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have a need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? So you see... You see, and I know brother, neighbor, I, I'm not going to split hairs on that. Amen. I know this is talking about people in the church. But I, listen, the Lord said, who's my neighbor? It, you know, it, you see somebody in need, that's your neighbor. I think God looks at neighbors and brothers in very similar ways. Amen. So he's saying, you know, if we see, well, we see somebody that we're supposed to care about and, and they're in need and, 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 and we, we just, you know, we just shut up our... We don't even feel bad for them anymore. We just, we just shut that out. We say, oh, well, they'll get over it. We shut up bowels of compassion against them. That means we just look at them and say, oh, well, they'll figure it out. Oh, well, they'll get over it. Oh, they'll find something to eat. Oh, they'll find somewhere for shelter. We just keep on trucking. That, that, that's what he's talking about. He said, he said how's, how's the love of God dwelling in you, if that's the way you are? You know, James 4, 17, I quoted it Sunday, but I quoted it again. It says, Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. See, it's not just, oh, we should have done it. It's, oh, it's sinful that we didn't do it. Because God God is serious about that loving your neighbor business. God's serious about that being kind to others. Why? Because we represent the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? It says in verse 28, Say not unto thy neighbor, Go and come again, and tomorrow I'll give, when thou hast it by thee. So you got it. You need to give it to him. He's in need. And you say, Ah, oh, come back tomorrow. I'll take care of it tomorrow. When they need it today. But you say, Ah, oh, don't worry about it. I'll get it tomorrow. See, but you don't know if you'll have tomorrow. And God wants you to do something now. God's put a need in front of you to meet, and he's laid it on your heart to meet it. And you say, Ah, oh, it'll be there tomorrow. But you don't know that. You don't know that. And you don't know if you'll have tomorrow. And you don't know if you'll have the money tomorrow. Amen? Because you don't know what's going to happen between now and tomorrow. Somebody else might come along and say, hey, I need my money, and you can't pay that fellow. You can't take care of that person. Amen? So we need to think of those things. In James 2, 15 and 16, the Bible 
is dealing with the, the subject of respect of persons or prejudice, and it says, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say, I mean, we're talking about a homeless person here. And one of you say unto them, depart in peace and be ye warmed and filled. They come to you, they say, I'm hungry, I ain't had nothing to eat in a week. I'm starving to death. I, my stomach's gnawing. I can't hardly find anything to drink around here. And, I, and I'm freezing to death. I ain't got nothing to put on. Could you please help me? And you've got everything to help me. You say, oh, it'd be a, hey, go, tonight just go be warmed and be filled and I'll take care of you tomorrow. Man, what a loving thing you just did. Depart in peace. <laughs> Go have a good night. That's what you're saying. If you're hungry and you're freezing and, and you need something to drink, you got no clothes to put on to sleep and be warm and, and comfortable, but, hey, go have a good night. I'll see you tomorrow. Good gracious. He says, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? What good have you done? Just saying, well, have a good night. Be warm. Be full. Hope your belly gets full. Hope you quit hurting all through the night sometime. Hope your stomach quits hurting, rumbling, and carrying on. See, we can't make excuses and put things off. We don't put God. We don't need to put God off. Amen. If God let, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say if God shows you and use the wisdom He's given you, don't put it off. Don't make excuses. Don't say, oh, God, but, you know, I I really wanted to buy this, and I won't be able to buy it, Lord, if I take care of this right now that you're trying to lay on me to take care of. Don't put God off. Don't, Don't take pleasure in making people wait that have needs. You say, I wouldn't do that. We do it sometimes when we realize we're doing it. We're not necessarily taking pleasure in it, but we make people wait. We don't really care if they have to wait or not. Matter of fact, sometimes we're kind of smart alecky, and we say, "We, you know what? They just have to deal with it." Yep. You know what? That doctor's office wants my money. You know what? That God, they just want to wait on it, ain't they? Can't get blood for turnip, can they? I know. We all got doctor's bills. Amen. I can't get too loud up here. But you know, we can't. We don't get cocky about it either. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, you know, the holder of the debt ought to be paid in a timely manner. Because if we agreed to pay it, we ought to be willing to pay it. Amen? Because why? You say, why is that so important? Because we represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and we're supposed to be honest. We're supposed to show to the world that we can be honest. Amen? Listen, we're supposed to pay our own time. Amen? Somebody works for you, you're supposed to pay them what they've earned. Amen? You're supposed to take care of people who can't take care of themselves that depend on you. There are people in our lives like that that need help. And we have to help them. Listen, we're supposed to take care of our church. Amen. You know, I've told you before, you can't build a church with spare time and pocket change. It takes people it takes people working and giving. It don't work otherwise. You know, we're supposed to be good citizens. Amen. We're supposed to, re- I mean, listen, we, we live in this world. We're not of this world, but we're supposed to represent the Lord in this world while we're here. We're supposed to obey the law. We're supposed to do what's right. Amen. And I'll obey it all day long until it contradicts the Word of God, and that's where we part company, as I've said. But I'm going to obey it up until then. Amen. You know what? We ought to be good friends and neighbors with people. We ought to, we ought to be the kind of person somebody knows they can count on. So I had the Christian live right there. I know I can count on them. I know if something goes wrong, I can turn to them and they'll help me. You know, I, I know if, 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 if everything falls apart in my life, they'll pray with me. They'll put their arm around me and tell me, hey, God, God's still on the throne. He ain't left. 
We're supposed to be good people. We're supposed to be charitable. We're supposed to help the poor when we're when we have the ability to do so. So God God wants us to 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 do what is right by others and and take care of others. Amen. Uh, second of all, the second thing I want you to see in this, in verse twenty nine, it tells us to never set out to do harm to other people. We should never do that. And I know you sitting in here in church tonight thinking I ain't trying to hurt nobody. Well, I'm not saying you are, but I'm saying you ain't always feeling like you are sitting here in church tonight. Sometimes people make you mad. Sometimes people do things that you don't feel like's right, and they ain't been just with you, and they ain't treated you fairly, you know. But but God's not even talking about that. He's saying, devise not evil against thy neighbor, seeing he dwelleth securely by thee. He's saying we ought not take advantage of other people. We ought not do things to other people. You know what? Ever, I ain't never liked every neighbor I've ever had. I've had some neighbors I couldn't care for, a lot of bit. Matter of fact, I wish they'd moved. But you know what? That didn't give me the right to mistreat them. Amen. Hey, they didn't give me the right to mistreat them just because just cause I didn't care for them. Amen. I'm supposed to be a, a good neighbor nonetheless. Amen. The Bible says, seeing he dwelleth securely by thee, amen, he lived right next door. I shouldn't be trying to do anything to, to, to hurt him, amen. Deuteronomy twenty seven twenty four says, cursed, listen, cursed be he that smiteth his neighbor secretly, and all the people shall say amen. God said, that's, you know, we all not, we all do, again, we all not take advantage of anything. And what a horrible thing it is to be attacked secretly and unprovoked by a trusted neighbor. And I'm going to tell you something. I got somebody who's fairly close to me and close to mom. And, uh, well, I say fairly close, very close. And uh, and they got sabotaged right and left. Seemed like every time they turned around, their house burnt down. Uh, everything they did there for the longest time, it's like somebody was sabotaging everything they tried to do. You know what? They like to drove them, drove them crazy, and I understand. You know, you, what a horrible situation to be in. And I just can't imagine what it would be like to have to have somebody constantly sabotaging you and trying to to hurt you. Amen. And 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 listen, God has placed us where we are. You know, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I got a neighbor down the street, and and he he called my dog off. Just got rid of my dog for me. You know what? I hadn't said a word to him. I didn't appreciate it, but I wouldn't want to sense and go and get mad at him. He couldn't get my dog back. But, uh, you know, it don't ever feel good when somebody does something like that. I had a neighbor poison one of my other dogs. You know, I mean, again, it, it just ain't no fun. And we ought, we ought not ever take advantage of somebody else. Because, like I said, God has put us where we are. God has placed us right in the house we are and they're next to the people we're next to. And we'd be well served to love our neighbors for Christ's sake rather than endure a, a curse or a discipline from God because we didn't. Because that's what he said, curse be he that smiteth his neighbor secretly. Uh, number three, the Bible tells us we're not to be argumentative and sue happy. Verse 30 says, strive not with a man without cause if he have done thee no harm. I was mindful of, of Apostle Paul dealing with the, the church at Corinth, and they're suing one another. Chapter 6, verse 1 through 8, I just want to share that with you. I'll read it to you. It says, Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? 
Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know you not that we shall judge angels? How much more the things that pertain to this life? If if then ye have judgments of things pertaining, pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. He said, look, rather than you taking something you got between you and a brother in Christ and taking it, and, and taking them down there and, and before the unju- unjust, un, uh, unlawful, ungodly world and making a mockery of Christianity before the, un- the ungodly world, get somebody, the least informed person, the, the least esteemed person in the whole church and have them judge the matter because they judge better than somebody who's godless who don't know me. That's what he's saying. He said, listen, you ought to have more sense than that. He said, I speak to your shame. Is it so that there's not a wise man among you? No, not one that should be able to judge between his brethren. But brother goeth to law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. There, now, therefore, there is utterly a fault among you because ye go to law one with another. Why do you not rather take wrong? Why do you not suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Nay, you do wrong and defraud in that your brethren. Now, you know what, hear what he said there? Why don't you take it? God, you want me to take somebody being wrong to me? Do that? That would destroy my dignity. Kind of like Jesus took all the wrong that was done to him, and he didn't complain. I mean, when they whipped him with the cat of nine tails and tore his flesh off his body and he wasn't guilty of anything, and they were telling him to confess, and he had nothing to confess. I mean, he took the wrong. He was defrauded. Amen. But yet he took it, amen? The Bible says, why can't we, amen? He said, no. He said, you're defrauding. He said, you do wrong and defraud, and that's your brethren. You're doing them wrong by, by making a bigger deal out of it. Listen, you know what you do with it when somebody does you wrong? And I, and I think you know. You take them to God, and you lay them on his altar. You say, God, this person hurt me. They did me wrong. They didn't deal right with me. God, I know the Bible says that vengeance is... Vengeance is mine, I'll repay, saith the Lord. And I know that I'm not to do it, so I'm going to put them on your altar, and I'm asking you, in your time, you deal with them. You know, you can do that and walk away, and it'll be all right. God God don't never forget. If he makes you feel better, you can go back and remind him every now and then, but God don't never forget, I promise you. And you know what? People are going to get what, what's coming to them unless they seek God's mercy. Amen. But if they'll seek God's mercy, they can have forgiveness. i got to hurry and get done with this. I said number two, we're not to ever set out to harm others. And he said number three, we're not to be argumentative and sue happy. Romans twelve eighteen says, If it be possible, as much as life in you, see that you live peaceably with all men. So we're, we're, we're supposed to live, we're supposed to try to get along with everybody. Amen? We're supposed to go far as we can possibly go. I mean, that means... You know, it's like sometimes you feel like I can't, I can't deal with this person no more. I'm fixing to lose my cool. And and you know what? I just turn to look at Calvary, and I I can find a little more grace. I turn and think about what how, how merciful God's been to me all the times I didn't deserve it, and I can dig up a little more grace for somebody else. I didn't deserve forgiveness for my sins, Amen. But. Well, I didn't deserve it, but God made me worthy of it through the blood of his own son. All right, number four. Never envy the prosperity of evildoers. 
Verse 31, it says, Envy thou not the oppressor, and choose none of his ways. You know, you, you look at people who have, you know, large amounts of money and gigantic houses, and brand new shiny vehicles in the drive, and their circle drives, and it's everything you could ever want. I mean, they've, just, they've got it. But you know, and, and you know what? Most a lot of those people got that way from stepping on the necks of other people. And I know there's people who've done it honest, and I'm not talking about those people, but I'm talking about those who who've gotten rich on the backs of other people and and didn't take care of those along the way. I'm talking about those who are taking advantage of others to get rich. Envy not the oppressor, the Bible says. You know, it's the same warning that David passed down to Solomon in Psalm 37, verse 1. He said, Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. I mean, there's plenty of people in this world getting wealthy as all get out, taking advantage of other people. I I look at the vaccine industry. I look at uh, the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, you know, you look at the, you look at government. You look, there's so many things we can name right now that that you see people that are just taking advantage of the suffering of other people and making themselves wealthy off of it. But David said, Solomon, don't don't worry about that stuff. Don't don't get worked up in that stuff. Don't sit and look at it and wish that you had what they had. Because look here, you need to remember some things. Number one, sinners are hated by God, but saints are loved. You say, wait a minute, God hates? Yes, God has a hate life. Absolutely. The Bible says in verse uh, 32, look at it. For the froward is abomination to the Lord, but his secret is with the righteous. An abomination, according to Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary, is the object of extreme hatred. The object of extreme hatred. Amen? Amen? God says the froward. You say, well, who in the world are the froward? Well, let's look. The word froward, same dictionary, it means perverse, turned from, with reluctance or aversion, not willing to yield or comply with what is required, unyielding, ungovernable, like a little spoilt, rotten brat kid that won't mind nobody. Now listen, except you put them in a grown-up body. Amen? That's the kind of person God's talking about. That's someone who says, you know what? I don't want God's word. I don't want God telling me what to do. I don't want God ruling over me. That Jesus Christ ain't going to have nothing to do with me. I'm not going to have your mythical book tell me how to live my life. I watched a woman on the news the other night mad at the fact that abortion got overturned, and that's the very thing she said. I'll not let this mythical book rule my life. God says people like that hate. He hates them. Amen. You say, that's harsh. No, he can say that. Amen. He's righteous and holy, and they're wicked. Amen. And they hate him. You say, huh? well, they could they get, get saved. Yeah, they're good. And then, well, then they wouldn't be the enemies of God no more. Then they'd be the friend of God. Amen. But as long as, long as they're an abominable, forward person, God is not going to love on them. Amen. He's, he, they're his enemy. Amen. And the Bible said his secret is with the righteous. You know, when right before he got ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, you remember what he said? 
about Abraham, he said, he said, and the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? He's fixing to destroy it, but he said, you know, I'm not going to hide it from him. I'm going to tell him. Why? Because he was his friend, and he said, he said, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to share with him what I'm going to do because I don't want to hide it from him. He's my friend. Amen. You know what? First Corinthians, First Corinthians 2, 9 and 10, the Bible says, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the hearts of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Now, he's talking about heaven, right? He's talking about the things that we have not seen. But he says, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. God will reveal those things to us by faith which we cannot see. Why? Because the secret of the Lord is with the righteous. Amen? Listen, he's revealed unto us his mysteries. He's given us things that, that this lost world cannot get because they cannot receive the things of God because they're in the natural flesh. I said we're to never envy the prosperity of the evildoers because they're hated by God and saints are loved. Number two, we are to never envy the prosperity of evildoers because sinners are under the curse of God and their house. But saints are under the blessing of God in their house. Verse 33, the curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesses the habitation of the just. You know, you can have everything in the world and still be just as empty as can be. You sure can. You know, I think about, remember the children of Israel when they got out there in the wilderness and God was sending them down manna and they got sick of the manna and they started complaining, and they wished for some flesh to eat, and God caused a big strong wind to blow, and and quail started piling up, and they had piles of quail everywhere. Amen. I mean, had it everywhere, and the Bible the Bible talks about it while the flesh was in their teeth, they despised it. Listen, the Bible the Bible says there it, it says in in, uh, in in Psalm one hundred six verse fifteen it says. And he gave them their request. He gave them meat, but he sent leanness unto their soul. They eat and eat and eat, but couldn't get full. Amen? Listen, you say, I want that, I want it, I want it, I want it, and then get what you want. It's like, oh, I really ain't happy now. Got what I wanted. Somebody said the most empty things in the entire world is getting exactly what you want. You know? The just, the just may not have the worldly wealth of the wicked. You know, we may not all be just stinking rich and have everything we want. But you know what? Our modest home contains something missing in the house of the oppressor. There is no peace, there is no joy, and there is no love in the house of the oppressor. I got thinking about that. You know, Hunter Biden is the poster child for that. I know y'all don't follow the stuff like I do. I know you don't keep up with it. But I I want you to know this, this laptop and all this stuff, they keep finding more and more and more. They, they, out on the Internet now, there's just like tons of videos of, of, of him buying crack cocaine, uh, uh, procuring prostitutes, and, uh, and, and just talking about ungodly stuff and, and, and incriminating himself and his dad over and over and over and over again. And, I mean, you think about it. This man 
This man has never wanted for anything his whole life. He has lived in the lap of luxury from the time he's come into this world. He's had everything a man could ever want. He's had a dad who has placated him and gave him everything he wants, told him he's the smartest person he's ever met. And yet he's, he's chasing after crack cocaine and hookers. And he's unhappy as he can be. Now, I'm going to tell you something. All that stuff that anybody, he had all the advantage anybody could have ever wanted in the world, and he's yet probably one of the most empty people on the planet. Money won't make you happy. Wealth can't bring happiness. It's fleeting. It's only for a little while. Amen? Number three, and on this one, and we're we're almost to the end, uh, see on this about not envying the prosperity of evildoers. God has contempt for saints, for sinners, but he has respect for saints. Verse 34 says, Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace unto the lowly. In other words, those who puff themselves up will be popped and deflated. God is not going to tolerate their, their, their pride. I think about that every time they have a pride parade somewhere. Uh, you know, I think they're going to make a lap through hell for every lap they made through cities in America. They're going to listen. They're going to scorch their way through hell. Amen. God, listen. The Bible talks about it. He He resisteth the proud. He resisteth the proud. And by the way, that crowd is the abominable forward crowd. If you ever want to know for sure, that whole crowd: the transvestites, the transgenders, the LGBTQ plus. Whatever they are, A, B, C, one, two, three, it's all an abomination to God because it mocks his creation, and, it, and it, it's just an absolute mockery. And God has enough of that, and God, God is judging America because of it. Verse 34, he scorneth, surely, not hopefully, not maybe, but surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace unto the lowly. Like I said, he's going to deflate those who puff themselves up, those who criticize, those who mock, those who oppose God and his people will in the end be mocked and exposed for what they are. You say, how's that going to happen? God's going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You're not going to do it. Amen. Listen, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm down here just, hey, listen, I'm just trying to follow the Lord. It's not my job to go around mocking people. Amen. Uh, that's not my job. Listen, I'm not here. I'm not here to, to to judge sin. God's judging sin. I'm just here to tell him what he said. But the Bible says very plainly in Psalm two four, He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The God, the Lord, shall have them in derision. The word derision means mockery or ridicule. When they have rejected his son for the last time, when they have turned their back on him for the last time, when they have laughed at the word of God for the last time, there won't be another chance. It'll be too late. And in the hour of their judgment, God is going to laugh in their face because they laughed at him. Amen. You say, oh, God shouldn't do that. God God has every right to do that. But the Bible says those who humble themselves, they shall be exalted. Because he giveth grace unto the lowly. And number four, why should we never 
envy the prosperity of evildoers, because the end of sinners is everlasting shame. But to saints, it's an eternal glory. The wise shall inherit glory, verse 35 says, but shame shall be the promotion of fools. Someday when this life is over, like song says, I'll fly away. Amen. And I'm going to a land on God's celestial shores. But to the but to the wicked, to the to the shameful, to the evildoers, they have an eternity of shame. An eternity of shame. You say people will be ashamed in hell. Yes, they'll li- that is their shame. They'll live in their shame. They'll dwell in their shame forever and ever and ever without ever abatement. No ever no no letting up ever. And every moment of suffering, they'll remember. They mocked God. They laughed in His face. I'd say if we if we're going to be if we're going to use the wisdom that God has offered us, we need to take it and we need to treat people the way that God would have us treat them. We ought to treat them the way God has treated us. Amen. We ought to take this wisdom and use it as a tool to show them Christ, to show them how a Christian is supposed to treat people, the way a Christian is supposed to live and and conduct themselves. Amen. Let's stand together. I'd urge I'd urge all of us in here and all those watching us when we get out in the world and we get out from our churches and we get out from from our families, we get out amongst people, we need to remember that 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 the lost and dying world's watching us. They they really are. They're looking for hope. They don't know where to turn. And they look at a lot of times I think they look at Christians and and what they see is 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 not what the Bible teaches, and what they see is is a lot of times they see selfishness, they see uh, indifference, unconcern, and and they think to themselves, I I wouldn't want to be one of them. You know, we we need to be Christians, not just in here, but we need to take it out, we need to take it out with us everywhere we go, and always be bearing about in our body the death of the Lord Jesus. All right, let's go to the house tonight. All right. Yes. Yes. Y'all remember to pray for her. She has a lot of back trouble. Pray it gets better. All right. Anything from anybody before we dismiss tonight? All right. Be sure. Be sure you remind people about Sunday. Seems like we got some forgetting around here, but but uh, let's try to. Let's try to do our best. Try to remind others they wasn't here tonight. Maybe we can get them back in here Sunday. Try to have a house full. Amen. All right. Let's be nice to people. Let's smile. Let's let's be encouragers. Amen. And let's let's encourage one. Let's encourage one another. And let's and let's let's remember to tell somebody God loves them. Amen. Just shine a little light in somebody's dark world. All right.